page 270, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Heron. Heron was the father of Ram. Ram the father of Aminadab. Aminadab the father of Nashon. Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon the father of Boaz. Boaz the father of Obed. Obed the father of Jesse. And Jesse the father of David. Thank you, Temi and Tinu, and whatever age we are, and whether we're new to church, whether we've been lots of times, and we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at the Bible. We don't mind youngsters being in. If they make noise, that is perfectly fine, and we love that. And we're all going to look at these verses. These verses, if you notice, that have a very happy ending. Do you notice that? As Temi and Tinu read for us. A very happy ending indeed, especially if you compare the end verses with the beginning of the story. You see, the beginning of the story, God's people were away from God's land. They were in a place called Moab. But by the end of the story, they're back in God's land in a place called Bethlehem. At the start of the story, there was a famine in the land. They had no food. But at the end of the story, plenty of food. At the beginning of the story, there was plenty of bitterness towards God. But how do they respond to God at the end? By praising God. The beginning of the story, full of death, but the end of the story, birth and new life. And this is really good news for Naomi because she now has someone who can look after her when she gets old. She has a wonderful future ahead of her. She has protection and provision. She can have satisfaction. She can have security. Because of Obed. But you might have noticed that the story doesn't actually finish with Obed, does it? It's a bit strange. We might think it's all about one family in in a little bit of Israel at the time. And Obed comes along, boom, the story should finish. But that's not where it finishes. Let's look at verse 16. Verse 16, right in the middle of that paragraph that was read. Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. But that's not the end. There's more verses to come. It goes on. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And so you see that there must be more going on in this story 
than it being about the birth of Obed. There must be more. And that's what we're going to consider today. We're going to consider two things. And the first is this. God provides a king for the nation. God provides a king for the nation. You see, at the end of the book of Ruth, we get a list of names, don't we? We get a long list of complicated names. And in this list, we get a family tree. A family tree, the list of names. And so, I need to get a tree. And here it is. Here's the family tree. Here's the list of names we get. We get Peros, Hezron, Ram, Aminadab, Nashon, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, and David. Okay? So we've got this family tree. It is clear, whoops, it is clear that the author of this book wants us to know that if you continue from Obed, you get to this person called David. But why do we need to know this? I mean, what's so important about David? Well, if we're to continue reading through the next couple of books of the Bible, then we'll see lots of information about David. We'll see that he was the youngest of Jesse's sons. We'll see that he was a shepherd boy. But most importantly, we will see that David is the one whom God chose to be the king of Israel. So let's get a crown. Put a crown on David. He's the king of Israel. He is the one whom God chose. David is going to be king of my people. David is going to be the king of Israel. And that means that there's another difference between the start and the end of the book of Ruth. You see, the events of the book of Ruth took place during the time of the judges. Took place when the judges ruled. Now, think back to Monday if you were here. The time when the judges ruled, was that a good time or a bad time for Israel? Bad time. Well, remember, Josh, a very bad time indeed. And the reason why it was so bad was because they had no king. And that meant that everyone just did what they wanted to do. It's like when you're at school. The teacher walks out of the classroom. What happens? Carnage. Absolute chaos. It happens, parents. It happens, teachers. The person goes out, complete carnage. Israel, at this time, they had no king. And so everybody just lived how they wanted to live. At the start of the story of Ruth, we have no king. But then Ruth comes back with Naomi. She's redeemed by and marries Boaz, who has a son called Obed, who has a son called Jesse, who has a son called David. And so by the end of the story, what have we got? A king. Start of the book, no king. End of the book, king. And so you see, this this story that we think is is all about um, Ruth and Boaz, actually it's much bigger than that. It is about them as a family. But it's also about God providing the nation of Israel with a king. God provides a king for the nation. But you might be sat there thinking, well, that's great. That's really good to know. Um, A nice bit of history. But why does it matter? I mean, David, he is long gone. He is dead. And we're not part of this nation. Why do we need to know this? But here's the thing. This story isn't just about God providing a king for the nation. It's about God providing a king for you 
and a king for me. And therefore it becomes important for us. Because as well as God providing a king for the nation, this story points us to the fact that God provides a king for the world. A king for you and a king for me. You see, the line doesn't stop at David. Many, 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 many more people come along after David. There's a long list of people. And in another book of the Bible called Matthew, we get this list. We get another family tree. This one isn't big enough, so we need another one. Yeah, wow, indeed. Big tree. Strong man to carry it. So, we've got a much bigger tree in Matthew. Much bigger tree. And if we start taking the pieces of paper off, then we'll see who it involves. It starts with Abraham. And then it goes to Isaac and Jacob and Judah. And then the next piece of paper, we go to Perez, to David. We join this family tree. Make sense? This tree comes here. And then we keep going. There's lots of names, and they're all complicated and hard to spell. And then eventually, we keep going, and we'll hopefully not rip it apart. We keep going, and we get to a person called Jesus. And throughout that chapter in Matthew, Matthew says something several times. He says it over and over again. This is the birth of Jesus the Messiah. This is the birth of Jesus the Messiah. This is the family line of Jesus the Messiah. This is the family line of Jesus the Messiah. Clear? Matthew makes it really clear. Messiah. Now the word Messiah means God's chosen king. So we need another crown. Jesus has a crown because he is the Messiah. He is God's chosen king. You see, God had made a promise to David. Where is he? God had made a promise to David. He said, your kingdom is going to last forever. And of course, that starts through all of these different kings, through all these different people. But it continues today in Jesus And that means that David's kingdom lasts forever because Jesus lasts forever. That's how it works. Jesus is God's Messiah. You see, Jesus is God's chosen king, not just over a small nation like David was. He is the king of the world. Jesus is God's chosen king, not just for a small amount of time like David was. He's the king forever and ever. And so you see, the the events of the book of Ruth with Ruth and Boaz. It is about that family, yes. But more than that, it's about God providing a king for the nation. But more than that, it's about God providing a king for the world. Fits in. And not only that, but think about this king for a moment. A king who is caring and compassionate. A king who is kind and generous. A king who is perfect. This week we've seen Boaz was, was 
a, a nice person. He was obedient. He looked after the outsider. But Jesus is so, 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 so much better than that. He's the king of the world, and he's caring and compassionate and kind and generous. A king who is given the name Jesus because he came to save his people from their sins. Now, do you remember how the beginning of the book of Ruth, no king, do you remember that? Good, thanks, Josh. Glad you're awake. A few people remember that. There was no king. And so, do you remember that because there was no king, well, everybody just did what they wanted to do. Do you remember that? The Bible says that that's a helpful description of how we live. You see, we push away God, we we rebel against him, so that we can live how we want to. We decide how we live. You live how you want to live, I live how I want to live. And of course that's going to create problems, because it means that as humans we can never get on. But much worse than that is the promise of judgment. The famine in the lands in the days of Naomi was God judging the nation of Israel, but much worse than that. Not a famine, but a forever separation from God. That's what each of us deserves, what I deserve. And yet Jesus came in order to save and to rescue us from that. Now this week we've seen that Boaz was called a redeemer. A redeemer, one who lovingly pays the price to rescue. Boaz lovingly paid the price in order to rescue Ruth and Naomi. And that is what the Bible says Jesus has done, but on a much, much bigger scale. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, the Son of Man, that's Jesus talking about himself. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Isn't that incredible? The king of the world, what happens when he comes to the earth? He says, serve me, bow down. No, he says, I've come to serve you. Jesus comes down from heaven and he says, I'm here to serve you. How does Jesus serve us? How does Jesus serve you and serve me? Well, he goes on, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve by giving his life as a ransom for many. The family tree turns into a tree that Jesus is nailed to, to pay the ransom price. Jesus came from the glory of heaven, not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom, to pay the price by dying for us on the cross. Why? Because he wanted to. Because he loves you. Now think back to the story for a moment. You see, the birth of Obed was great news for Naomi. It meant that she had a future. It meant that she had protection and provision. It meant that she had security and satisfaction. 
But the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus is so much better because it gives us such a better future. A future that goes through death and out the other side. Isn't that incredible? A future where we have lasting security and lasting satisfaction, lasting provision and lasting protection because we're going to be with him. The birth of Obed, great news for Naomi. The birth, death and resurrection of Jesus, so much better. And so you see, the Bible contains lots of different true stories and we think, well, they're all separate and they don't really fit together. That is not true. All of the stories in the Bible fit together into the one big story of the Bible. God providing a king for the world who rescues and redeems. Every book of the Bible, every page of the Bible contributes towards that big story. God providing a king for the world who came to rescue and redeem. We love happy endings, don't we? The the story of Ruth has a, a very happy ending. We love it when we turn to the final page of the book and they all lived happily ever after. We love happy endings. The Bible says that whoever we are, whatever we have done, we can have the best happy ending we could imagine. A relationship with God now and a future beyond death with him. And if we already belong to Jesus, if we are one of his people, then we can be sure of that, we can be certain of that, and we can look forward to it. And as we do, as we look forward to it, let's remember that Jesus is king. He's the king of the world. Let's listen to him, let's follow him. Knowing that he is generous and patient and kind and good. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your amazing plan to provide King David for the people of Israel. But we thank you even more for your wonderful plan to bring about a king for the world. A wonderful and beautiful king. One who would come to die for us. And so we pray that you would help us if we are his people, to keep listening to him, to keep following him. For Jesus' glory we ask. Amen. Amen. God provides a king for the nation. God provides a king for the world. The great redeemer, the great rescuer.